listening to It's All Good, Magic, Mysticism, and Earth Medicine. Visit us anytime at our new website, magic-and-medicine.com, and that's magic with a K. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green. Hello and welcome to another episode. Hope your new year is going great. Hope, you know, everything is going just fine for you. Sorry about that little pause in the beginning. Sometimes this thing doesn't act like it should. Just a little bit of update before we uh, continue on with our show. Just a reminder, we have a new website, Magic and medicine.com and it's magic with the k hyphen and hyphen medicine.com and it's all set up where you can visit different things on the tabs you can find out you can listen to this podcast you can also check out the services i offer there's an etsy store the magic and medicine etsy store there for you as well and there's also a blog so We've gotten things tight, and we're rolling out, so check it out. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about misconceptions of voodoo. When we hear the word voodoo, sometimes we automatically think of voodoo dolls, uh, this witch doctor, and evil. I mean, that's the way it's seen in the movies, correct? We have witch doctors, vengeance, voodoo dolls, skulls, bones, dark, negative energy. And there is often a complete ignorance of the cultural roots of the religion. And unfortunately, this ignorance prevents the diasporic Africans from reclaiming their roots, from having access to their roots. When growing up, when I was growing up, I thought that voodoo was evil because of the way both of my parents spoke about it and the way that they used it. I mean, they used it to get at each other, payback. And there were animal bones left on the doorsteps of people's houses and in people's houses. Now, what they were actually, uh, what they probably actually meant was hoodoo. People often confuse hoodoo with voodoo. I mean, both, both, uh, both hoodoo and voodoo can be used neg- neg- in a negative fashion. It's a, but it is not a negative practice. Anything, for that matter, can be used neg- in a negative manner. I mean, Christianity was uh, when the missionaries and tried to convert various cultures. I mean, they were, they actually were brutal chopping off hands and things like that. Look what they did to the Native Americans who didn't want to convert. Look what they did to the slaves. I mean, demonizing their own culture and saying that using the Bible to empower them and their slave controlling ways. Slave having, slave controlling ways, and that's what they did. So, um, 
I saw a move uh, a documentary recently. Is is it was actually set in, um, I think in the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. But it was really good. It showed. It talked about basically what I'm talking about. Uh, it talked about the way voodoo has become to be seen, and it talked about how slaves were not allowed to practice because it was seen as negative which really meant and that um you know the, the they were severed from their roots so they couldn't be empowered by their culture so they couldn't access the power that and the confidence that the that their practicing their cultural practices gave them and so what people ended up doing was going underground hiding it and and the mar even more modern times people would practice in secret in apartment people's apartments they'd gather and things like that and they would not tell people what they do and what they practice or their their religious beliefs uh until only recently even now there are still there are many many people who when you say the word voodoo they automatically think of voodoo dolls witch doctors and and trying to take someone's hair and put a hex on them things like that which is not necessarily true uh even when i was in my even when i was in college i thought negative of it because um i was in my apartment one day and one of my mother's oldest daughters came to visit me and she and i don't have the same father so um my half sister so she had come to my ho home my my apartment and she had a cat i had a cat then a cat named merlin one of my many cats uh that i would end up having in the future <laughs> and he found he was scratching 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 at the cabinet in the kitchen where his cat food was and i know he wasn't hungry because i had just fed him so i was doing laundry in the back room which was the bedroom the room in the back of the apartment and my half-sister was left there in the living room alone. So I suppose that she took that up, the opportunity of that space and time to do what she did, leaving a bag. I opened the cabinet and I found a bag, uh, like a Ziploc bag that had, was black and sooty and it had something that looked like a ginger root in it, although it wasn't a ginger root. And I was really upset. I looked at her. And I took the whole the whole bag, I emptied and flushed it down the toilet. Probably wasn't a smart idea, but that's what I did. I was only 19. And I was very upset because they, this thing was in my house. Whatever spell was cast and put in this bag, she left it in my house to give me bad luck or whatever it was. It wasn't good, that's for sure. And I, the vibe, when I touched the bag, I instantly felt all of these horrific, scary, evil feelings. Needless to say, I threw her out of my apartment. But again, because of instances like this, that is why people think, they don't think about the actual religious practice that is not evil. They think of this glamorized depiction that Hollywood has created. And it has made it into a stereotype, which is very sad. 
now it is spelled differently every time you come across it there are different spellings of it you have the v double o d double o you have the v o u d o u you have v a u d a u but eventually it is it is on in the western world it has been come to be recognized as v double o d double o so what is voodoo what is it if it's not all this this hollywood stuff what Hollywood depicts it as. What is it? Well, it's a religious practice, a religious African system. And it comes from West Africa. Okay. And we, in it, we are, you know, the West Africans believe, here are some beliefs of it. Buddha was nature. We are not separate from nature we are a part of nature that's what the belief system is now i know you'll see some ceremonies some certain ceremonies that in the past in the um more indigenous uh indigenous like lifestyle or indigenous roots there were animal sacrifices but there were animal sacrifices in a lot of old old cultures and religions it doesn't mean that that is what people do today and and sometimes it's better to pray over an animal that we are going to consume just instead of just chopping them up and putting them in the the um you know butchering them and then they end up on the shelves of the supermarket so why not offer them up for a good cause and then consume it and so that would that's honoring it and uh that's just we're, again we are not separate from that animal we may think we are but we're not the soil the rocks the mountains the trees the waters are all inhabited by spirits spirits that never knew human form and we interact with the living these plants animals rocks etc we do we interact them we breathe their air we and those who talk to the plants, I talk to my plants, okay? I'm an avid, I've said many, many times on this podcast that I am an avid gardener, a master gardener as well. And I totally, I, I am just, I've always been a plant person and an animal person. So I talk to them, I play the music, I touch them, you know, I groom them. <laughs> but when when we interact with these living the living these things these plants trees waters and rocks etc we are invoking the aid of our ancestors now the ancestors were not revered as gods rather they were esteemed and i'm going to read you something here and what I'm reading comes from the book Voodoo and Hoodoo by Jim Haskins. So, hold on. Okay. An ancestor was not dead until the ancestor was no longer remembered by the living. And if you've seen that, um, that animated uh, movie, oh, I think it was, it was Coco. I think it was Coco. Yeah, when, when uh, 
the whole theme about it was remembering, remembering the ancestors. And once you, and, I, and I, it was very interesting the way they, they made the spirit world and those people in the spirit world who, whose people in the living world, whose relatives in the, in the living world forgot who they were, they would vanish completely from the spirit world. They would cease to exist, not even in spirit. So our ancestors continue to live on as long as we remember them. That's why we have ancestor altars. And people think that they're not, that they're not um, practicing ancestor reverence. Yes, you are. When you go to that graveyard and you put down those flowers on that grave, you're remembering an ancestor or a loved one, right? When you are, when you have your family reunions, you're remembering the ancestors. Okay. And that's a similar, similar in voodoo and hoodoo. They both, they're both similar. So it's sort of, it's sort of the line sort of blurs between voodoo and hoodoo when it comes to ancestor, ancestor reverence. The old were treated, the old are treated with honor and esteem. The ancestors retain a stake in the well-being of the family. They led a, uh, a successful earthly existence, and they were willing to advise and help those who came after them. They came to the living in dreams. So they visit us in dreams. They respond to requests for, helps, for, for help from their descendants and cause their own spirits to be reborn in the children of the family. Only if they were angered by lack of sufficient esteem did they refuse to help. The worst thing a family could do, for example, was to send tribal ancestor, was to sell tribal ancestral lands for the ancestors or the spiritual title holders of these lands. In such cases, the family faced certain ruin, and no amount of honor rendered could restore them to the good graces of the ancestors and little help could be afforded by outside intermediaries. <clears throat> Africans had a different relationship with the higher deities. It was neither as intimate nor as informal, nor could they count on the benevolence of the gods in exchange for their worship. An individual could not successfully address one of these gods directly. Rather, they needed the help of an intermediary. Thus, the priest was an important figure in African religion. Only the priest or priestess knew the proper rites and ceremonies attendant to the sacrifice, one of the most important activities in West African religion. Sacrifices were offered for four major purposes, to pacify or appease deities, to prevent disaster or misfortune, to purify, usually an individual, and to offer a substitute for that which the deity desired. Hundreds, if not thousands, of sacrifices were offered each day for all manner of reasons, at puberty, marriage, birth, and death ceremonies, to ensure a good harvest, to counteract failure in business or agriculture, to drive away illness, to help ensure success in war. Each sacrifice was conducted in a traditionally prescribed manner with 
traditionally prescribed objects and activities. Sacrificial objects could include animal or fowl, the first fruits of the harvest, or the area's most valuable commodity. They could also include human beings. Not, not today, of course, okay? Ritual prescriptions might include the use of particular colors of the performance of a task a specified number of times. In each case, only the priest or priestess, priestess was qualified to conduct the sacrifice. An, interme an intermediary or priest was also necessary in the supreme experience in West African religion, which is possession. Like that phenomenon in European culture, possession in African religion involved the deity's assumption of the individual's identity and consciousness. For the duration of the experience, the subject retained no will of, his, of, of their own and indeed knew nothing of what they did while under the spell. Possession by a deity in Africa most commonly occurred during some sort of ritual or celebration. At these rites, a follower of the god was moved by the rhythm of clapping or drum beating or by singing to allow his, their identity to be subsumed by the deity. So in Africa, the lines between religion and magic were indistinct. The practice of one frequently entering the domain of the other. Africans believed that magic and witchcraft could very powerfully affect their spirits and their gods, not to mention each other. The African viewed life essentially as a battle in which they were constantly in danger. Though they might enjoy an excellent relationship with the spirits of their ancestors, that didn't ensure protection against the evil designs of their neighbor. Okay, so that's where... Um, you know, next to priests, the medicine men were the most important, important people in the African community. Just as the lines were blurred between African religion and African magic, so were the functions of the priests and the medicine man overlapping. Besides prescribing potions, the medicine man, and, you know, cost to be medicine woman or what they call witch doctor in New Orleans, I think that's where it came up. Besides prescribing potions, the medicine man also knew the methods to invoke magic for healing purposes, not only with herbal mixtures, but taboos and sacrifices, chants and incantations were often necessary to exercise illness, and the medicine man was far more knowledgeable and qualified in these matters than was the priest. In the African belief, for every good, there was a corresponding evil. So <clears throat> these were the people who would help with who would, who would help with the remedies. So you see it's a very the, you see that the religion has many overlaps with many other parts of African religion and, and it's very interesting that they're all part they're all intertwined they're all together. And those who didn't understand this the the voodoo or hoodoo uh, that would demonize it they will label those who practice it as inferior and incapable of higher thinking. And they didn't see the meanings behind the actions. There was a culture clash for them. Now, the, the spelling voodoo, V-O-D-U-N, and the 
the, the Homian word means spirit. Okay. In West African, they have the word juju, which means conjure. Okay, voodoo can be and has been described as a religious belief carried into action by ritual through dancing, drumming, and singing. The gods of Africa entrusted to memory underwent a sea of change in crossing the Atlantis, Atlantic. What was lost was not destroyed, but it was altered. Okay, they didn't, they, they brought, the West Africans brought with them their culture and their religion, and they altered it to fit the new world because they had to hide it. And so they mixed it with songs, things like that. And, and they could, if they were out in the fields, they would sing a song that would, that to any, anyone else who didn't know, the, the, to the slaves masters and slave owners, it would appear that they were just singing. All these slaves, they like to sing when they were actually, you know, saying, "Hey, there's a, there's a meeting." You know, they would give stuff like there was a meeting to be had later. We'll do a, a religious ceremony, blah blah. And, like, and even they used. I mean, at the same time, songs were made uh, giving hints to how to escape, like wade in the water. Okay, actually, my daughter learned this, and she's twelve. Uh, the song wait in the water wait in the water children that song um it, it was to tell people if you go in the water you know the mud in the water you you can escape that way they won't be able to find you so they they won't be able to find your get get your tracks when you escape Okay, when you escape, they cannot find you. You can you won't leave behind any footprints in the, the mud or whatever. Just go in the water, escape that way. Now there were dangerous things in the water. In some parts there were alligators, there were snakes and all those things, but different time. I know I, I, different time. When you're desperate to get away, you do things like that. So you think about all those songs, swing low, sweet chariot. They had clues for for escaping. Also, and for, you know, when to secretly meet up and practice their religion. And it would always be when the slave master and everyone had gone to bed. That was the time to get out. Um, so, and in, in, in the new world, the old gods, the old gods and goddesses, they took on new meaning, new power. There was a new world vitality. And the gods grew in stature. And they became more familiar to them than ever because they were all, all different tribes were all mixed together and they really, really had to bond together to, in order to, they, they were, it was them against the slave masters, basically. The enslaved became empowered in, in a mystical sense because of, the, because of uh, them encouraging one another and retelling the tales of, of, their mystical tales from West Africa. I mean, it helped overcome feelings of helplessness. It didn't necessarily stop, it didn't stop slavery, but it helped them to feel empowered and overcome feelings of helplessness sometimes. And voodoo has been, was, was often called a religion of the runaway, the maroon or the fugitive slave. Again, they were seen as inferior. The voodoo rites gave anti-white resistance a definite methodology. Methodology. It was banned 
once, but it still existed in Georgia, South Carolina, and Louisiana before spreading nationwide where believers had to initially practice in secret. And in Congo Square in New Orleans, it thrived despite various ordinances against it. For some reason, out of Congo Square, it, I mean, that, that is the heart, the heart for in, in, in this country. It, is, it can be seen as the heart of voodoo and hoodoo. Almost from the very moment of importation, the voodoo formed an audience in America that was both rural and urban, later black and white. Okay, think of the story of Marie Laveau, right? She had a lot of she had a lot of white clients. Okay, and they they would pay, they would pay for her, wealthy and poor, which has existed roughly from 1800 until the present. As the ultimate slave religion, it was also the greatest weapon against slavery. I mean, it was. The voodoo and hoodoo and spiritualism being practiced today is far more removed from its origins, some might say, but I still think that there's, there's still that connection. I mean, you have a lot of white people practicing it as, as well. So, you know, there, there, a lot of people feel weird about that because they say, you know, they're trying to take from us everything. They're going to take our religion too. The ans our ancestors help us. Our ancestors help us. Our ancestors, our ancestors, ancestors know their blood. Know who they can find you anywhere, and they will be there to help you. That's what I tell all of my clients, all the people who uh, li will listen to me. No matter where you are, and if you don't know your ancestors, they sure enough know you, and they'll start calling you. There'll be a period of time you're like they'll start calling you, and you can choose to answer or not. You should answer. You should because it's the ancestor relationship is very ben, is beneficial. I remember when when my ancestors started calling me and the dreams. I mean, I've always had dreams and always had that anyway. But the dreams and the the callings and the, the names and the pointing and pointing to things that would just happen. Things would just happen, and I wouldn't know why. But they were trying to get me. Like, hurry up! We got work for you to do. So you should answer if they're calling you. You should answer. It is part of our culture. Our ancestors and the hoodoo and the voodoo. I'm not saying you should go out and become a voodoo priest, priest or priestess. But know about it at least. Because it's, it's, all, it's all intertwined in the African traditional religions. All of it. Now, modern so-called, quote-unquote, civilized individuals regard themselves as separate from and above surrounding forces. Yes, we have to get past that notion that we're separate from nature. We are part of nature. We are nature and nature is us. And it's not, I mean, that nonsense about us being separate from our surroundings, that's not how traditional Africans believe. We interact with the living and the living interacts with us. As I said in the beginning, the soil, the rocks, the mountains, the trees, the rivers are all to be in, all inhabited by spirits, spirits that never knew human form. They share spirit space with the ghost of the depart of the, the ghosts, you know, for lack of a better word right now, of the departed ancestors. So 
in honoring and in, in, in learning about our culture and in learning about the African traditional religious practices and the different gods and goddesses of our of the ATR, we are honoring our ancestors. And let me just say, I didn't intend to say this, but I'm going to. Let me just say, uh, when people are trying to, when, when you tell people, and this, I'm saying this from experience, when, when you tell people that you're, you've uh, honoring your ancestors by living your, uh, remembering your roots, and they want to say something negative, walk away. You don't need to sit there and waste your breath on them because they are not going to explain. Okay? If they say, I'm going to pray for you. And I, I, you know, I like when black people, you know, my fellow black people come to me, a black person, and tell me that, they, that I'm sinning. They're going to pray for me. I, I say to them, do you know what that, that Christian Bible, what the, how that was used as a tool of uh, oppression? Do you know your roots? Because it didn't start here in America. What about your people? Because you're, you got the same, you're black just like me. You know you have roots. Are you honoring your ancestors? The ones that were, came, came over here on, on, a, on a slave ship? Do you, want to, do you know the life they lived before they came here? Maybe you should find that out and honor them. And you can feel a whole lot. You will change. Actually, you will. When I when I reached past America, past the past the transatlantic slave to the very roots in the African soil. You know, I mean, with my mind and my heart and my spirit, everything changed. I was able to access the ancestors, and my roots, and then the gods and goddesses. And that's and when I was when I had when I had reached back so far and in, into the roots of the soil that's when mummy water came to me uh the the goddess of the ocean uh, i mean the mother of the rivers well mother mother of the waters and in a dream i mean i knew nothing about her before then nothing but that i knew that i, I looked her up and i studied her and it'd be it's just amazing and I, I totally am not the same person that I was even 10 years ago in regards to spiritually. I'm so more connected. It's empowering. And, th and then these little things and little drama that go on around you, you, you don't have time for that. You don't. And I don't. I, you don't have time for it. You find the, what is real, the essence of life. And you connect more with your spirit and the spirit that is within you. And around you, which is also part of you, and you see things differently. So, with that, I think I'm going to end my my podcast for today. I've talked so much. Thank you for listening. Drop me a line if you'd like. You can find that on the website, which I'll say again in the show closing. And until next time. Check us out at magic-and-mysticism.com.
www.medicine.com. And that's magic with a K. Thanks for listening. Mystic Queen Mother offers various spiritual services virtually. Now you can be anywhere in the world and receive intuitive readings, divination and consultation sessions, and even remote video intuitive readings via email. Your sessions will always include spiritual guidance and messages from your ancestors and spiritual team. My prices are reasonable and affordable. You can even book and pay safely and securely right online. Once you book, you'll get a link via email for your session. Visit magicandmedicine.com and click the services tab in the menu to learn more. That's magic hyphen and hyphen medicine.com. Oh, and don't forget, that's magic with the K. Magic and medicine.com.